0: what's going on party people you're listening to the flower podcast and i am your host edgar otra vez now today on the show i have a special guest he is jujitsu black belt and owner and operator of hurricane Jiu-Jitsu out in cleveland his name is john lawrence i've had him on the show before and i believe this is our 10th episode together since i started the show now if you're new to the show and you want to find out more about us make sure you check out our website theflowepodcast.com there you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes, but you'll also find playlists for your specific interests. Now, I'm assuming that you're listening to this particular episode because you're into combat sports or jujitsu in general. And I have playlists just for you. We handle several topics on the show, but jujitsu and just combat sports in general is one of my favorite topics. And I've isolated those episodes and put them into playlists just for you. So John and I tackle the subject of your first 30 days as a white belt for some of the more experienced practitioners of martial arts and jujitsu in general this episode might be rudimentary but i bet you there's still stuff in here that you'll find interesting we also get into COVID a little bit simply because we're talking about cleanliness and etiquette and whatnot and the subject of COVID came up i hope you enjoy this episode and i hope you find it educational so without further ado on with the show Welcome to another episode of the floral podcast. I am your host Edgar Otra Vez and today my host is John Lawrence, the owner and operator of Hurricane Jiu Jitsu out in Cleveland. He is a jujitsu black belt and you've been a black belt. How long now John?
1: How long have I been a black belt? Uh, let's say, I think it was 2015, I believe it was, I believe it was May of 2015. Wow. Really? I have, to double check. I have to double check that. I think so. Yeah. Wow.
0: You've been a Black Bowl a long time now.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think
1: that's right. I want to make sure. Yeah. Because I opened Hurricane in 2014 and then I was competing in the brown belt for a while. Yeah. That's 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 it. Yeah. May of, May of 2015. Yeah. Dude. So it's three, six. Yeah. My math sucks. But yeah. It's like, like eight years or something like that.
0: Time flies, man. I know.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I got two stripes in the belt and you used to be like the the old timers had two or three stripes in the belt and now it's, that's yeah, weird. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow, dude. So, um, thank you for coming on. I wanted to ask a question of the black belts I have access to. The question is what to do as a white belt, your first 40, th- your first 40, your first 30 days. <laughs> 40 days. Um, I don't know. I got Bible stuff in my head. You're cool. You're cool, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What to do. You sent me like a list. Where'd you get that list? Did you, did you
0: create that or. You know, that's a collection of things that I've picked up over the years, but also like some of these are rules that some schools have, but also, you know, you know, like it's, you know, the, the, the school I'm at right now, um, they have had like a, like a giant, edition of white belts coming in and these white belts they're excited they're ready uh but they they don't you know of course they don't they don't anything the white belt's just in right now and so they have all kinds of questions and they just flopping around on the mats and i was just like okay so because they'll ask you and it's just like well what, what what do i need to know and i'm like man dude there's so much to learn in the, you know in the first 30 days because they just want to be functional on the mat you know and, yeah yeah and, and i feel them i feel them because i mean i was there too i was like i didn't know what mount was i didn't know what this was i didn't know what that was so um but the first the first things i want to tackle are like your basic shit. like tie your tie your belt learn to tie your belt you know uh uh that that is a given uh, i've you know okay sure so yeah. the next one i have on the list here is uh don't smell uh, don't, don't smell bad. Yeah, sure. And don't smell nice. Don't smell too nice.
1: Obviously don't smell bad. Yeah. We can maybe get into that, but yeah, don't even, you really, you don't want to smell good. You don't want to smell like cologne or perfume or like So a lot of people these days are hitting patchouli really hard, you know, patchouli oil.
0: You no, know, what the, what's that? Um, you would
1: know it if you smelled it. It's like, it's a very like uh head shop, hippie smell. I don't know how else to describe it. We, we, smell. it's a, it's a, it's it's like it is. It's like a classic hippie smell. But yeah, I mean,
0: I never, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I guess I don't run into any, all that many hippies because uh, I maybe maybe I'll I'll, I'll recognize the smell. Of it's like that. a
1: whole. I don't know. It's like a holistic thing. But but yeah, as far as people smelling bad, like one of the one of the one of the things that you have to deal with when you're running classes is. People being disruptive in general and smelling bad by default, especially smelling really bad, is is it's just, it's disruptive. And there have been many times over the years where I've had to pull somebody aside and tell them that they've got B O or they've got to wash their ghee or something. And I've kind of become a little bit numb to doing it. It's not that awkward for me anymore, but people take that people take that very personally, you know. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's embarrassing for them. It's like, I don't know what's worse, to have BO or to have bad breath. I'm not really sure which would be worse. Um, but, cool. yeah, I've had to do that. I've had to do that plenty of times.
0: Um, I, I almost feel like sometimes the bad breath people that I've run into are even worse than just regular BO. But I don't know, man. There's been some like bad-smelling people sometimes. But the, I know what you're saying. But, like, yeah. there's, there's that – I don't know. I think it's coffee, too. I think coffee is the mm-hmm. – the big like culprit in this because I've rolled with some guys who I can tell all they do is drink coffee all day with creamer mm. and then when they when they breathe at all it just <laughs> burns your nostrils you know like, <laughs> okay and, and, and you're doing one of these where you're like you're you're, you're doing the move but you're turning your head so you, yeah so you don't run into the path of the smell and it's just it's pretty nasty man
1: I got, I got- I have a couple instructors who they keep mouthwash in their in their lockers. I think that's a good move. You know, like even those like mini bottles. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff I went to the list, I think a lot of the stuff is you really hope that it's common sense. Most of it, you know, hygiene, be polite. What's on the list like post hygiene stuff? Post
0: hygiene, well I did want to make one note that the the cologne yeah. being disruptive as well. Like Yeah,
1: that's true, man. That's true.
0: You know, uh, it seems. It seems. Uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. And here it, we go. Maybe, maybe I'll edit it. But like, it seems usually the case is, it's it's women. You know that that that'll throw on the perfume, and I don't think they oh, would, really. Yeah, at least the 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 ones at at the school. There's been a guy here and there who will put on too much cologne, but like sometimes it's women, and they'll put on a lot of stuff, hmm. and, and then I'm like, oh, and okay. Then, and then i just don't even want to roll with them because that they, they they the at least with the cologne smell like bad smell is kind of funny because bad smell is just like you just get close to that person and you don't want to roll with them right uh the the perfume cologne thing seems to like just come into the whole room and just infest the whole room or at least a good giant area where it's just like
1: yeah oh. yeah. yeah that's fair yeah
0: yeah but anyway a bathing that goes along with just good hygiene but one thing i did want to ask was what do you recommend like so i've always got the impression that you should shower right after rolling like even um, if even if you don't shower at the gym go home and shower before you do anything else
1: i wish i could recommend that based on the fact that i do it but i don't like i i, I <laughs> very i i you know i can't recommend something that i'm not doing <laughs> i don't really I don't really know exactly what the right answer is as far as like. So, over the years, there's there's been this like big debate about how to clean the mats, but then also like how to clean yourself because you're never going to be living in like a sterile environment per se. Like, your skin's never going to be truly sterile and the mats are never going to be truly sterile. So, I've heard arguments that like if you nuke the mats, like say you just like use bleach and hospital grade soap on the mats and on, you know, or on yourself for that matter. Like you run the risk of basically selecting for like super strains of, you know, whatever, certain bacteria. And that's one of the reasons why maybe hospitals are such gnarly places to pick up infections. Now, I don't know anything about any of this. This is just all guys at the gym talking shit. So I'm not saying, I'm not stating any of this as fact, but I'm saying like I'm not like a scientist. So I don't, I, I don't really. Totally know like what the best way is to do it. So, I just for on the mats we we've got like we've. Have you ever seen those like those janitor floor scrubber things where they're pushing behind them? Yeah. And like so, we have one of those like where it lays hot water and soap down on the mat. It's got a scrub brush, and then there's like a squeegee behind it that sucks the water up. So it's wow. like a water. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't cheap, but it's definitely like. A worthy investment to have if you've got like a big mat space so we don't use like bleach or any like hospital grade stuff but we're also not using like a green clean you know we're just it's like kind of middle of the road and the same thing on your skin a lot of people talk about using like hospital grade stuff on your skin or using what is it like defense soap it's like a big one yeah and i just i just really i just don't i don't know what the right answer is one thing that seems to be clear and i don't know why this is but some people just seem – some people as individuals seem much more prone to skin stuff than others. I've never been that prone to skin stuff. I've had a ringworm maybe a couple of times. And I'm a guy who literally probably never showers immediately after practice, no matter how gnarly the practice is. Wow. I usually, like, dry off of the towel. And I usually – Put on fresh clothes, of course, and then because I have clothes at the gym. I've got like a whole drawer of clothes at the gym because it's my gym. Mm-hmm. And then I go I'll usually hit the grocery store right after, go home, hang out for a little bit, and then shower like a few hours later. I hope people don't find that totally disgusting, but like that's what I do. And I and I've I've just never had pr- problem with skin funk. And I've been doing it that way for like 16 years, you know. Other people are really, really, really diligent about it and like they get skin stuff. So I wonder if it's almost like a gut thing, where certain people have, they've got like a predisposition to getting certain intestinal conditions, whether like gas a lot or they like get diarrhea a lot, because it's like a gut microbiome thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's just who they are, like genetically. I wonder if there's something similar with the skin.
0: That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I'll get a bad pimple here and there. Like I'll get something that's just like, okay, this is a little big, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? And when I see that, I don't fuck around I immediately start treating it I try to get rid of it right away and all I really do is I'll hit it with the the Hibiclens and I'll hit I'll hit it with some rubbing alcohol but like you said uh certain uh cleaners to clean wounds and stuff will clean Mm -hmm. will destroy everything good and bad bacteria so I believe I was advised to take to use rubbing alcohol because it doesn't do that exactly Uh, it will clean the wound but it doesn't destroy everything you know
1: I think you make a really good point on the the pimple thing. Like if you see a funky like ingrown hair on your knee or on your elbow, <clears throat> I actually keep a like a prescription grade cream. It's called uh, Mupiracin or maybe people pronounce it Mupiracin. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. I just read the label. It's a prescription antibacterial. Not an, it's not antifungal, so it won't stop like ringworm, but it's a, it's a prescription antibacterial. And like if I see, yeah, if I see something on my knee, that like looks a little angry. I'll just dab it on there for a couple days, you know, and then ju- just precautionary,
0: you know, um, do you cover it up or you just leave it alone or you let it breathe? Yeah. yeah. yeah put like a
1: bandaid on there too. Sure. But you know, also like, I think the common wisdom with that stuff is you want to like give it some air and then you also want to cover it up and give it some air and cover it up. But yeah, again, like I, that, the, all that stuff to me, I never make recommendations on it. It just seems to be like the dark arts because, I know people who've been doing it like the dirty way, like me, for a really, really long time, and they just have no skin issues. They just don't seem to have them. Now, why is that? I have no idea. And other people are really paranoid and hyper vigilant about this stuff, and they, and they get skin stuff a lot. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't use fancy soap. I, I made that note here. Like, I don't buy the tea tree tree oil soap yeah. you know that, yeah. all that fancy soap that they sell to like uh through the grappling stores uh I uh I specifically don't care for the tea tree stuff because uh from my understanding and, and this again this is gym nonsense I don't really have any real information I got it off the internet but it says something to okay. like the tea tree oil will uh do something and confuse the body in terms of like I'm doing a real bad job, bad job of explaining but it, it comes off as estrogen, right? So, uh, okay. so like, you don't want that in your body, right? Uh, yeah, so, not as, not as a man anyway. So, like, I, I open up stuff because some of that will get into you and, and change stuff. So, i rather okay. not mess with special soaps. I just use the Irish Spring. That's all they really use.
1: I really don't make any recommendations to people about what they do after practice. Um, before practice, obviously, different story. You know, but yeah, after practice, I mean, I'm, I've never jumped on somebody for like not taking a shower or I just, I just don't care. And I I don't even really know what the right approach is. So I just don't touch it.
0: Mm, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, What about, uh, what do you say about people coming to this, to class sick? Do you turn them away? Do you let them hang out? So, man,
1: that's, that's a really, that's a funny question because pre like pre COVID nobody Myself included, like nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared when somebody came sick to class. In fact, if anything, if it was like, if it was somebody who was tough, you know, a good role and they're like, I'm, I'm kind of under the weather. Like you kind of think like, Oh dude, I'm going to jack you up today. Like your cardio is going to suck. (laughs) So I would also say that, I mean, we could get into a whole pre post during COVID discussion here. I'd be happy to go down that rabbit hole if you want to, but I've, always um, I know some gym owners and we've talked frequently about how like for years we've always been like in the funk. People come to class sick, they come under the weather, they come with um, you know respiratory stuff, they come with just like general common cold stuff. and we're just our exposure is constant. It's it, especially because I'm the gym owner and I'm always there on the mat with the students my exposure is constant. I mean, I'm just always getting exposed to somebody's something. And that would go for like any regulars at the gym for the most part, right? And I think most of us have never really been like very sickly people. And I think, and again, as I talked to other gym owners about this, like there was some translation with that when COVID hit, which is, yes, there there were maybe maybe one or two people at my gym that I heard had COVID bad. Maybe maybe two or three. But there are hundreds of people at my gym. And, you know, nobody, I mean, it's just everybody who got it, everybody who was even worried about getting it, they just, for the most part, just shook it right off. It was nothing.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. And, and then as far as I know, the really crazy thing is I never had it. I never got it. I mean, and... I didn't, it's not that I didn't get it because I wasn't testing for it. Like I was trying to, I was trying to be um, like as responsible as a gym owner as I could. So I had like bulk COVID tests where I would I would test myself anytime I had a sniffle because I just didn't want to come into the gym with COVID. You know, at a certain point in time and expose people to it. I just never had it. I never got it, or I never tested positive for it so you know I don't uh, I don't want to channel my inner Joe Rogan because I think that that guy is just such an idiot for so many reasons Um, (laughs) I like a lot of his work I'm a fan of a lot of what he's done but also like he's just such a jackass Um, so I don't want to channel that but I'm just saying from my own personal experience like yeah we were in the funk for years and then you know COVID hit and um, it just did not seem to affect the gym in any meaningful way even when it kind of got around the gym you know so do i worry? so it's the longest way to answer your question ever do i worry about people coming into the gym sick i never cared before covid i didn't particularly care during covid although we had certain social responsibilities i felt we had to sort of uphold for a while so i cared maybe on like a professional level but did i personally personally care about getting exposed to it like no i'm a young healthy guy take care of myself if you look at the stats on it, I was at no point in time in in the high risk category, so I wasn't worried about it for myself personally. Am I worried about people coming into the gym sick now? No, I'm back to a pre-COVID mentality on all that stuff. I'm not worried about it at all. Mm. So,
0: so I caught COVID, and it was a motherfucker. Yeah, I, yeah, I got a couple of friends who
1: for it was a motherfucker for them. Yeah, for yeah,
0: sure. and uh, and it had nothing to do with the gym. I caught it on a freaking on a plane someplace on the way oh yeah okay um and it it was bad in the room the whole trip I I ended up uh spending the whole time in the room instead of hanging out with the family I was that sucks and uh I mean I got over it but it was really bad and I was I was stuck where I was on a boat we were we went for a cruise
1: oh no are you are you
0: being facetious or yeah,
1: that's, no 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 that's horrible dude <laughs> yeah I, I I've been on one cruise in my life and I will never go on another cruise yeah. and, and to have COVID on that cruise man that would suck
0: it was I am not a fan of the cruise uh only because you are stuck on that part. yeah and uh, the only the only help <laughs> yeah. is to go to the doctor thing that they have in there on 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 the ship yeah I just ended up in the room. Taking, taking, bunches of showers. Like I took a lot of hot showers because the steam helped. Sure, we breaking up. up. But man, um, yeah, but it had nothing to do with the gym. Never got it at the gym. It was only like on planes and stuff, or on a plane that I caught it. I think I caught something else afterwards, but it, I don't think it was COVID because it was like maybe three months after I caught something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But and usually that you know you're supposed to have a certain amount of immunity and. I figured as bad as I had it, I wouldn't catch anything else for a while. But anyway, um, but no, at least from my perspective and the way that you handled it, it seemed again, I'm, I'm in Chicago. I'm not in your school, but from what I saw, you seem to handle it pretty uh, professionally. I thought you handled it well, even with well, the-
1: that was that, that was definitely I appreciate you saying that. But like I would say from the public perspective, like it. Probably, I just tried to take a balanced approach on it. I I did not fly off the deep end in either direction. What people didn't see behind the scenes was all of the all of like the push pull and and, like a lot of the pushback that I was getting from like basically the 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 polar opposite, basically from the poles. From the people who thought that COVID was going to be the end of the world and everybody needs to stay home and like you know going to work was just a sin, <laughs> I, I I always thought all those people were nuts, and I still do. Yeah. But I would al- I would also get it from the other side where it was like you know like this is just this is just the flu, this is nothing. We need to keep the gym open. Let's not buckle to the authoritarian left. And I'm just like you guys are fucking crazy. Yeah, all of you like can't we just slow down and just look at this for what it is which is it's it's obviously obviously worse than the flu but it's also not it's not as bad as people are making it out to be like let's occupy the middle of the road here let's take it week by week and let's just like do our best to get far away enough from this thing so we can see it with clear eyes yeah and you can go back and look at the posts i did and the podcast i did during that time from week 1 that was my that was my take on it but as a result i mean i lost students during that time i definitely had some like friendships that were badly damaged during that time and it was depressing to see how people handled that whole thing how they turned on each other and panicked and closed their eyes and plugged their ears to you know medical information just all of it like it was just I'm talking from from one side of the spectrum to the other it was it was an absolute embarrassment how a pretty good chunk of our population decided to handle that whole thing it was yeah. an embarrassment
0: you, you know? know in retrospect i don't know if i handled it very well you know Retros- I, I, I,
1: what tell me more what, what, what,
0: what's so just in general like so for me i felt like you know i didn't i didn't go crazy i didn't think oh you know zombie apocalypse uh but i was thinking like you know, I don't have to do jujitsu for now. I could take a break. You know, I could take a break, but mostly because uh, the, the, I had a situation at home. My mother-in-law, she's a little older, right, and she has uh, allergies that kind of like have something to do with the syringe. So, um, oh, okay. So okay. she she didn't want to take the vaccine. I got you. Okay. So she hung out for a long time, not taking the vaccine, and because of that. And we had, we do a lot of things with her. So we are for her too, you know? And so I had to think safely. I didn't want to infect myself or the family mostly for her, but you know, especially now having seen what it's like to be on a boat with COVID, (laughs) you know, I'm glad I didn't catch it during the height, you know, because I guess people were dying and I am you know, I'm probably in that demographic. I'm a little heavy. Or I should say little but you know I'm being nice to myself okay <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm I'm, a, I'm heavier and uh I'm a minority with darker skin which I guess has a problem with you know uh, absorbing vitamin D which I guess was part of the whole thing but anyway okay. with all that said I don't know if I I went nuts but I don't think I was as cool and collected about it as as I should have been I, and I think I think to be fair, I think that's a lot of people. I mean, and for your example that you're saying that there were people both on both ends of the polls that were, you know, behaving crazy. I don't think I was there, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe from, from someone else, someone else's perspective, I probably look like a crazy person, but I remember my coach at the time. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to take a break. And, uh, you know, he was not happy. Um, but yeah, well, So anyway, I, I stopped going, and some of my gym mates were like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, blah, yeah. blah, and I'm like, "Dude, you know, cut me some slack." You know, um, but I don't think we ruined. I don't think I think I think people know that I'm kind of wacky anyway, so they gave me a little forgiveness there, and so I didn't lose any friendships. I didn't lose anything like that. <laughs> bad happened like that, but um,
1: well, first of all, I mean, like it's your own personal choice. I'm a big, I'm a big personal freedoms guy. Okay. okay. And, 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 that, that might not actually track exactly how people are thinking it would right now if they're hearing me. So he's in personal freedoms, like, well, don't put me in a box yet. Okay. Cause I, I got, I have some complicated perspectives on that, but what, what I will say is like, that is your, that's your own personal right. If you want to, if you want to walk away from jitsu or tennis or anything else, even during a non COVID time, I mean, if somebody wants to cancel their membership, my only response ever is okay. Hope to see you again sometime soon. Like that's it. Um, and if you wanna, if you wanna walk away from jujitsu, like during some elevated time like that, I mean, that I I didn't give anybody any shit. In fact, one of the first things that I did was I sent out a notification that we were going to close the school. This was early times before anybody really knew, like kind of what was going on. Early times, I voluntarily closed the school before there was even a mandate, right? I just said like, look, why don't we just take a few weeks, shut it down. And I said, and I said, I'm going to pause everybody's membership proactively. Like, I'm not going to take your, I'm not going to take your membership money while we're closed. Right. And then people just came out of the woodwork independently without being asked and texted me. And they just said, Hey, keep my membership going. You know, we want to support the gym. This is a weird time. We appreciate what you're doing. And that was really cool. Yeah. But just to like give a student shit for pausing their membership during like during that time I would never, I would I didn't ever do that and I would never do that. At the same time I had the experience of people contacting me insisting that we stay closed when when I realized that it just it made more sense to be open given what we were finding out, you know, about COVID, right? Like um
0: that that sounds nuts, man. Like, okay, so first of all, it sounds nuts now. It's it's it, it was less, it sounded less nuts at the time, but go ahead. I know what you're saying. Go ahead. I mean, even regardless of the situation, like you're a business owner that that's your livelihood. They should understand that you, unfortunately, have to take some kind of risk in order to keep the school going. Because I mean, I mean, I I don't know if you're in this kind of situation, but. What if you're, you're in a situation where this is the only stream of income you have, and now you're being forced to be shut down. And now that you have an opportunity to stay open, you're going to mm. tell somebody to, to stay closed? Like what business is it of theirs? If you don't want to go to the gym, then don't just, just don't go to the gym. Well,
1: I, I, I understand that. Like, I understand that like, we're everybody's connected by the air. So I understand that like, it might not be as simple as like open the gym or close the gym. My wife <clears throat> does work at uh, Cleveland state. So we've got like, we do have another stream of income, but like, this is all I do for a living. Like this is my full-time job. And I think that there's something really, am I allowed to get political here? Is this okay. <laughs>
0: go for it. Um, you go for it. Sp- uh, speak freely.
1: So I will. I'm going to start by saying that, like, I would consider myself. If you had to put me in like a political box, I, I would prefer not to be. But if you had to put me in a political box, it would be. Um, I would be on the left end of the spectrum. If you just like, t- if you just took my 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 bullet point beliefs, you know, point by point, you'd look at those and you'd probably go, "Okay, it's probably like left leaning, maybe in the middle of the road." But mm. you know, I also own firearms and and um. So I'm, I'm kind of maybe kind of a weird lefty, I guess. So I want to start by saying that. But one of the things that struck me as kind of crazy during that time is that people on the left, again, sort of talking about my people here, people on the left are very concerned with identity politics and with racism. And, and I understand, understand why they are. Okay, it's fine. But one of the most classist, racist things that you could say to somebody during that time is just, you got to stay home. Just stay home. Hmm. That ha- is spoken very easily by somebody who can work from their laptop and sit at their Starbucks in their living room. Okay. But it's not so easy for low income workers, service industry people, uh, construction work. It's not, they, they can't do that. They don't work at a software company making six figures a year. Like they can't do that. So just to bring it full circle, like, this is an attitude that I saw being projected by people that I consider myself like very like-minded. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm like these people in a lot of ways. And they're going, just stay home, just stay. And I'm going, do you not understand how incredibly narrow-minded and self-centered that is coming from a certain perspective? You know, you have a lot of people who can't stay home. They have to go somewhere to work, you know? I found that to be very a very frustrating perspective. It's like, well, you just stay home. It's like, well, no. You, most people just can't just stay home. That's not how the world works, you know. Um, and it complicates things.
0: It does. It does. And I mean, I mean, two weeks is fine. Maybe. Yeah, even, I, I agree.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: Even a month, you you can cruise. Maybe, maybe if you're uh, a guy who who does a blue collar job, you know, works with his hands, or you know, does waitressing, whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, you can't like most people most people cannot survive that long even with the few checks that the government sent i mean that, that was not a lot of help you know right 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 I, my wife got the got those checks it's it barely made a dent right uh, right thankfully we weren't expecting <laughs> more any other like expenditures during that time because one of the things that you do to go to work is you go to work so you got to pay for travel you know, whatever that is, whatever that commuting thing that you're doing, you have to pay for that. And if you drive in work, at least here in Chicago, you got to pay for parking. Parking's like fucking thirteen, fifteen dollars, depending where you park. It's insane. Uh, but I still end up spending, whether I travel public transit or through a car, like like I usually do, I'm still paying fifteen dollars someplace. Uh, the the commute. With public transit, uh, transit from where I live is fifteen dollars. Hmm. You know, like it's five dollars here, then another <clears throat> here, then uh, you got to pay for the bus and et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. By the time it's all said and done, it's about fifteen bucks. Right. Uh, then you got to pay for lunch and all that other stuff that you pay, you know, during the day while you're out there uh, at the job. At home, you're not, you know, especially if you're working, you're not. Uh, you know spending anything you, you you're eating what you have in your house or whatever uh thankfully that's that helped but we were on one income which was mine and i was one of those snobby people that could work from their computer at home you know but i also my wife could too man my, my wife was working from home so like on that on that end like you know we were we were good and i was i was thankful for that
2: yeah yeah but
1: that's not everybody. No, it's, 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 I don't, and I couldn't, I wouldn't pretend to be able to tell you what percentage of people that is. I I really don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, this is coming from somebody just, just to like make it very clear, somebody who is, who shut their school down voluntarily pre-mandate. Okay. This is coming from somebody who, has been vaccinated. I was vaccinated like, you know, whenever it was available, seemed to make sense. I think it's still made sense to do, given everything we're seeing. But will I continue to get boosted and vaccinated going forward? No. Why? It's just because I've just never been I've like never been flu shot guy. Like like even pre-pandemic, my wife's like, You want me to schedule for your flu shot? I'm just like, I'm not like against vaccines. I just I just, you know, I'm a bit just busy. Like I just don't want to go to the doctor to get a flu shot. Like I don't have a, like a, a, a reason for it, you know. And so, like, I just won't. I'm sure I won't schedule any more vaccines in the future, just because I, I mean, dude, my dad is like almost seventy, and he like still doesn't get a flu shot. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just we're just like we're just stupid. That's all. I don't have like an ideology behind it, you know. So. <laughs>
0: I, I wonder if just most people are like, yeah, I just don't, I don't want to. And, uh,
1: that's just kind of where I am. Yeah. I ju- it's not, I just don't, it, it's not even that I don't want to, it's, I don't think about it. Yeah. Like it's just not on my radar. You know, it wasn't on my radar
0: before COVID. I, I want to say that's like a, I don't know. I, I'm very, I'm very much the same in that, in that kind of perspective. Cause like, it's like my wife says, you know, she'll, she'll buy something and she'll be like, Hey, I got you this healthy, whatever I got you this thing and she'll put it in the cupboard or whatever. And then it'll sit there and rot, not because I don't want it, right? Know. Right,
1: like a multivitamin or something. A yeah, no, I get it. Yeah.
0: or whatever it is, it'll just sit there. And she's like, "You haven't, you know, eaten this thing that I got you, or you haven't tried this thing that I got you." I'm like, I forget it's there, you know. Uh, right. I'm, and I'm in the house all day. I, I work from home, and I forget it's there. It, it, I just don't. I just don't think about it. And I, I think it's a, uh, just. The way life is, especially for for some of us who work all the time, right? I mean, it's it's so, not it's not top of mind. We don't have that, you know. If I'm going to be thinking of stuff, I just plenty of other stuff I'd be thinking about.
1: Yeah, that's that's it for me. It's just it's just sort of a thing where it's just not it's just not on my radar. I don't I don't even have, I don't have strong feelings about it. Yeah. So that was that was a big um, that's a window into what it was like to run the school. Now, now again, I I was also getting. I've, I've mentioned Yoda. Know, I was also getting messages from people who were just sort of like urging me to not buckle to, you know, the left-wing propaganda, basically. Which you know, where this is like a, uh, this is a. The, the funny thing is, they couldn't even figure out what it was. Some people, some people would say that it's, um, you know, it was intentionally released by China to disrupt the uh, the U.S. economy. But then they would also say in the same breath that it's like just the flu, and you would go, "Which one is it? Is it just the flu, or is it an engineered virus designed to disrupt the economy? Because it can't be both things." Yeah, like it was just like no sense making. It was a very confusing time. It was very frustrating. I'm definitely glad it's over. (laughs) You know, it was just nuts. It was it was really interesting to see the edges of the political and ideological spectrum get pushed out even farther like like the left and the right moved even just a little farther away from each other and people got tipped just a little farther over the edge of whatever you know whatever anxiety or mental health things they were dealing with and it was i'll never forget it i'll never forget it i mean you know it was um it was It was nuts. it was very informative, you know, for better or for worse. I I, I hope we don't have to go through anything like that again.
0: I hope, I hope it, yeah, it stays. I hope you don't go through anything like that. It seemed to be like, I mean, it wasn't just like a sickness, but it kind of like, it was like a mind virus too. Like people were like freaking out over this thing.
1: I would argue that was actually most of what it was. I'm not saying, now to be clear, I'm not saying that like it didn't exist. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is the mental effects that it had in the country, I think was far greater than the, because it's, because the physical effects now, I mean, I think we just hit like an all time record low for COVID hospitalizations in the US, but the after effects are still very much with us, you know?
0: And what do you, um, it is just like the, I mean, like, like, like you still have,
1: I sort of like, I sort of was giving Rogan some shit earlier, but like this guy, can, he cannot let it go. He can't like, he just,
0: yeah, he, he can't podcast on that stuff.
1: Oh, he's done many. No, look again, balance perspective here. I've been, I was, I've probably been listening to Rogan's podcasts since like Oh six. I mean, like, or maybe I might not have been out 06, 07, 08, but like, you know, way back when it was like podcast one, two, three. And it used to be just like funny drunk stories. (laughs) It just used to be like, Oh, this one time me and this guy, and that guy went out and we took too many edibles and, you know, we thought the waitress was an alien and then everybody laughs and that's it. You know what I mean? Like it was fun. It used to be like a fun podcast, but that, that, COVID broke that dude's brain. I mean, CNN kind of did like a hit piece on him when he got COVID and it hurt his feelings so much, you know, he, I'm sure he wouldn't phrase it that way, but he, I mean, try to get through a podcast where he doesn't come up, where it doesn't come up and he doesn't rage about it for like 20 minutes. I mean, <laughs> the dude, the dude can't let it go yeah. and he's brought on like every guy that will say that like the vaccines were this and they were that, and I'm like, guys, I, I just want to like grab him by his face and just go, look, I'm not a big vaccine guy, but where are the bodies? Three hundred million people have been vaccinated, or whatever it is, yeah. millions and millions and millions, like, and it's such a dangerous vaccine where the spike proteins are crossing the blood-brain barrier. This is it. where are all the dead people? like what, what are you talking i just don't understand it
0: yeah um <laughs> to be honest i am a big joe rogan fan i mean it's. I, I think a lot of people who start with podcasts.
1: i was i, I definitely was
0: no. um but, but but i i am 100 percent on board with what you're saying he is he he's lost a little bit of that flavor that he had in the beginning where it was just fun you know it was just
1: fun yeah. It was yeah just
0: fun it was crazy and uh, every now and then he you know bring somebody on and talk about aliens and you know getting high and you know it was fun and uh I uh I don't I don't listen to him as much anymore uh if I do I'll I'll put him on but only for certain people usually about fighting or if he brings on a comedian but I leave the science stuff alone I'm too stupid to understand some of it anyway so is he (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is he is in no way qualified to be, be bringing like his dude his mma podcasts are are uh, you know sometimes the fighters are a little boring but they're great yeah. you know podcasts that he's done with john Donahue are out, i mean when he's when he stays in his lane and he and it's comedians and jujitsu guys and mma guys man i mean he's so impressive you yeah. know but then, when he starts bringing on, he starts like vetting scientists to bring them on. It's like, dude, you're not qualified to vet scientists. Like, you don't, you you wouldn't know if you were talking to a total shill. You would have no
0: tools to detect that. Well, you're,
1: because you're not qualified.
2: Yeah,
0: not, not to slam him, but he has had people that who's fooled them, you know, and come on and and pretend oh, the sure, other things sure. and and uh, to be honest. How would you even know? You know, like uh, anybody can be subject to you know some kind of imposter, right? But if I could
1: somehow magically get on his podcast, like this is what I would say to him. I would and I would explain, like, dude, you 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 got to stop bringing on. I'm putting this in air quotes, scientists to like debunk this or that or the other thing. It's like, like it's, and here's why, because imagine that. Imagine he was watching my podcast, right? So I have the, the John Lawrence Experience podcast, and he's just some dude watching it, right? Great podcast. You'd be a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, he, and 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 I bring on, I bring on an expert in Tai Chi. Or no, no, no. What's not not Tai Chi? What's the one where people go flying? Like what? Where the, the like the oh. like the you know what I'm talking about the force martial arts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One of okay. those wish things. Yeah. I know. Yeah. What you're about. Where
1: it's like, I move my hand and like three dudes just fly across the room. Mm-hmm. Right. So I bring on one of those guys. Okay. Now we're just assuming like, I'm just a regular Joe without like a martial arts background. Like I can't, I can't properly vet what is or isn't a legitimate martial artist. This is what his podcasts sound like to real scientists. Like it's like me bringing on one of those like Wing Chun dudes and, and the guy's going, you know. Um, the truth is, like nobody knows this, but this is the truth. I, with a wave of my hand, I can send three men across the room. Let me let me show you a video. He shows me the video, and I go, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> how how do people not know about this? I, you know what I mean? Because that's that's his reaction to every dumb thing yeah. these like these scientists tell him. He's really yeah. How, how, what, why, and why are people not talking about this? You know, people aren't talking about it because it's probably bullshit. That's why people aren't talking about it. It would be the same thing. He, because he's a martial arts expert and he understands how to vet people who are actually martial artists, he would be, he can't pull his hair out, but he would be, he would be losing his mind. On, on the other end, listening to me, you know, who doesn't know anything about martial arts, give this Tai Chi guy, like a platform to talk about like his death touch, like right. that's how he sounds when he has on some of these guys who are like, oh no, like you know, I, uh, I've got I've got all the science, like I know what I'm talking about. It's I just wouldn't have those people on, you yeah. know. I would just understand my limitations that like I don't have the expertise to vet these guys. But he's never going to have on a fake martial artist because he is an absolute, he's probably the world's foremost authority in martial arts, no bullshit, Joe Rogan. I mean, he's a a Taekwondo black belt. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's probably watched more people fight than any other person on the earth. Like that dude knows what works and he knows what doesn't. Nobody's going to trick him and he can vet who and who isn't a martial arts expert. But for some reason, he has dedicated his platform to like bitching about COVID most of the time. And it's just, it blows my mind. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Because there was something about it that just, I just stopped listening. And uh, I mean, one is my job has changed. So I I have to do a lot more reading and typing. So I don't spend any time like being able to listen to podcasts anymore. And when I do, I I have to scroll through his stuff to find something that I really want to listen to. Because there's a lot of like this science this and left and right that and all that. And I just, I don't care to hear any more people uh about you know bitching about weird things and yeah COVID I'm kinda done with I'm 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 there with you too. Uh I don't want to hear any more about that. It's not gonna it's not gonna help me. You know? Some of this weird stuff is not gonna help me. I don't want that in my brain, you know? I mean do you know what
1: it turned out to be? It just at like like probably with most things, once you get far enough away from it and you can really see like you know the forest as opposed to just seeing the trees when you're up real tight. It just turned out to be um a little worse than a lot of people thought it was going to be, but then also not so not nearly as bad as a lot of people thought it was going to be it just it, it kind of turned out to be you know something that was that was more middle of the road than I think the the the, the poles would indicate yeah you know what I mean the polar opposites would indicate, and that's just kind of like how shit is in life a lot of the time
0: yeah, yeah, and I think a good balanced approach to basically anything is. Is a good approach, but one one more thing that I wanted to ask about the bathing thing is oh yeah, how do you, have, dude? We 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 drove off a cliff. Yeah, we. Flew off. <laughs> yeah, I, I love you know. I'll, I'll let you flow, man. I'll I'll go with you too. We just pulled it. We just pulled a, a rogue. We just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I wanted to ask. So at least for me, I feel like I have to keep a little stubble. Uh, to keep from getting pimples and stuff. Do you have anything? Oh. You know, do you avoid that? Do you, do you not, you, you look, you look clean shaven right now.
1: Well, I'm clean shaven only because I, I still have like a teenage level of hair in my face. So, I mean, I, I only grow like if I was going to grow facial hair, it would only be the saddest goatee you've ever seen in your life. I mean, I just, I'm here on the mustache line and then here on the chin line and I get almost nothing on my cheeks. Um, so I'm just not a person who really has to worry about that too much. But you're talking about like as far as like ingrown hairs and, and stuff on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now again, if I see something troublesome, like I'll pull the hair and put some of that that me piercing cream on. Uh, and you can you can have you can get somebody to write you script for that. I think fairly easily, even just as like a precautionary measure. Mm.
0: Yeah, I. I just let the stubble grow and I'm the same. I have no hair on certain places. And my hair, just in general, and my body is like patchy, you know? So I just freaking hate it, you know? So I'd rather not see it. But at least with my face, I would be clean shaven too. I just feel that keeping just a little bit of stubble keeps some of that stuff from going getting in the. Park. Oh,
1: that makes sense. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry we like ripped the COVID thing so hard. You can see that I've been clearly traumatized by it. <laughs> no, <don't> worry, <laughs> I, just, you're talking- I could. I, c- I could seriously though, especially now, I could do like a five hour podcast on like you. just what it was like to run the school during that time. I think I probably need to see a therapist
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're ripping on Rogan for not letting you go. Maybe we should let it go too.
1: It was hard, dude. Yeah, it was just it was. Uh, uh, all right, let's 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 get off of it. I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start crying and paying you.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um i've had a few people cry on this podcast too me i'm the number one culprit of always crying on this stupid podcast all right hey man yeah so uh, (laughs) so anyway washing your gi do you have any tips for the white belts on washing their gi
1: yeah yeah this actually i do um it's very simple uh i would say um people kind of get Bent about whether it's like cold or hot water. I don't really think it matters too much. Hot water obviously be preferable, but obviously, wash it after every practice. You might think it doesn't stink after a practice. And to that, I would say you're just too used to smelling yourself. It does. It smells bad. Um, I would also say that a cup of white vinegar in the wash, anytime I've had people come up to me and go, you know, this rash guard, I think I have to throw it away because I can't get the stink out of it. <clears throat> if you ever have a garment like that, whether it's a ghee or a rash guard, then it just seems to have that perma funk. You can definitely hit it with maybe one or two washes uh, with like a pretty strong dilution of white vinegar and it. it knocks that stuff out, man. I mean, it crushes it. That's 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 big.
0: Uh, I used to wash it all the time with, I believe, vinegar and my ghee would. My ghee just started falling apart.
1: Yeah, so it's the thing is, is the, the vinegar is acidic,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I think it will maybe shorten the shelf life of certain garments. But for me, the trade—I mean, the trade-off is so worth it. Yeah, um, it, it works really well.
0: Well, I mean, eventually, you know, I, at least when I was a uh, white belt, blue belt, and all that, I, I, I like getting the new ghee. So if, if the lifespan of the gi was shorter, that was fine by me because then I go get another nifty you know gi. So cutting your fingernails, I uh,
2: mean, yeah,
0: I, I think that's uh, I, I think it goes without saying, but I still see people show up with like claws, and mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about the girls either. I'm talking about dudes. Dudes show up with like these claws, Closer, yeah. Yeah. You know, claws on their toes, claws yeah. on their fingers. I'm like, dude, you got to cut that. I, I've rolled with some guys. There was one guy who used to. He was he was interesting. Uh, this guy used to cut his his toenails with his with his mouth.
1: Oh God!
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and he had like the <clears throat> jagged edges on his toes, and I'm like, dude. And when I would roll with him, he would just cut me up. You know, like I just get, you know, I would get all kinds of cuts and stuff throughout. And I and I remember looking at myself. I'm like, what the hell happened? And and then I see that his toes are all jagged. I'm like, you need to cut those things. And he's like, oh yeah, but you know this and that. And I'm like, nah, dude, use clippers and cut those things straight. Don't fucking roll like that anymore, man. It's horrible. It was. It was. It was wacky.
1: Some, be- some people, like I think they don't. One of the best times to cut your fingernails and your toenails is right out of the shower because everything is like your your nails are softer. It's like you have you gotta soak. Like you would if you went to get like a manicure so i would just definitely keep like a, a pair of clippers like in your bathroom trying to hit it right when you get out of the shower but i also keep them at the school and anytime someone's having a hygiene problem like with nails or bo or a ghee, if your gi stinks like we have clean geese like also i've swapped people out for a clean gi if you've got bo we've got showers and we've got deodorant we've got like spray deodorant at the school so you don't have to like roll on somebody else's deodorant that's touched their armpits you hit it with a spray that's smart yeah yeah we, we, we've got that there and then we've got like tons of nail clippers since so dude came in the other day with razor blades on it. it's always the toenails with dudes i don't know what it is but he had razor blades for toenails and i i definitely handed him the clippers and told him to take care of it so yeah i mean it's those things are manageable
0: but totally no shoes on the mat wear shoes off the mat uh yeah. i think that's pretty self explanatory but for those who don't realize this especially our white belts you don't want to carry that stuff onto the mat because that stuff will end up on your skin
1: great so we don't yeah so obviously we don't to the best of our ability we don't allow street shoes on the not talking about the mats but just the just the gym floor the wood floor you know around the mats like yeah you got to take off your street shoes in the lobby and then put your sandals on we also keep the school very 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 clean it is probably one of the cleanest places you're ever going to step into So if you step off for a water break to grab your water off the bench and your bare foot hits the mat, this is certainly not the end of the world, just because of how clean the place is uh, generally. Also, I'm one of the worst violators at my gym of having bare feet outside the mats. And it's really only because I'm getting on and off the mat so much more than like a lot of the other students are, because like it'll be like, oh... Hey, you need to go attend to this, or hey, this guy needs a waiver, or oh, there's somebody up front that uh, spilled something. And you get like, I'm always getting on and off the mat so much that sometimes, like, my sandals will be 100 feet away on the other side of the mat, and I just gotta jump off real quick. I just gotta, like, take care of something. So, like, I'm definitely one of the worst violators as far as that goes. Where we try to be really strict is the bathrooms. Like, we don't want anybody going back into the laundry and bathroom area without having sandals on. If you're off the mat with, you know, barefoot, like in the in the main training room, it's really generally not gonna be that big a deal. Although most people are, are still really good about it. It's the bathroom thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Kids are pissing all over the floor, probably, you know? <laughs> it's like, the kids are the worst, man. they like, put your sandals on. They're like, yeah, they forget.
0: Yeah, I have a son. Yeah, I know. You gotta, yeah, you understand. Yeah, yeah, it gets all over the place. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this, and I I recently seen a post about this, so I thought I'd bring it in. What do you think about people dating at the gym or looking for dates? I shouldn't say dating, but do you frown on it? Do you don't care? What's your opinion on, on that there?
1: I think my answer is probably a little simpler than you think, but it's just <clears throat> I think one of the reasons that people have a hard time in the dating world generally just generally outside the gym even is probably because like, they don't really allow stuff to happen organically. Like they're trying to like push a certain timeline or they're too excited or they're too desperate. And I think the, I think the problem is the same in the gym. It's not, there's nothing wrong with people meeting at the gym, especially if it happens organically. I think it's it's the same to be said about like meeting uh, somebody who's waitstaff or somebody who's like a barista. It's like if you're not spamming it really aggressively like creep and you're letting it happen organically, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like if it just has a natural flow to it, you can take it outside the gym and say that I'm single magically in a parallel universe, like a barista at Starbucks that I think is cute, right? I think what you don't do in that scenario is you don't walk up to them on day two of knowing them and ask for their phone number, Mm. right? I think what you do is over the course of a long timeline you get you know you, you learn their name you know oh hey cindy nobody's named cindy anymore i don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> hey hey sandy how's your day going what's up and you know you know you like you learn a, like a little something about their personality or their or a hobby that they have like i feel like maybe a lot of the problems that arise in the gym are because of like people push it too hard and they rush it you know just like asking that like barista for their phone number like on day two as opposed to organically letting something happen many months in. You know what I mean? I think that's why there are gym problems. Then you have another layer of this where, again, let's say that in a parallel universe I'm single, and like I've got female students. The instructor starts actively dating the students, which is, we all know this is a thing that does happen frequently, right? That to me, I think, is a much more ethically complicated area because, again, there's in theory nothing wrong with like me meeting my soulmate at the gym, just sort of organically, it just happened. But at the same time, you know, you're in a position of authority, you know, however artificial you think that position might be. Um, I think some people still think it's there. So I think, I think that's probably the the harder line is I think instructors generally need to do a really good job of like not using the gym as their like own little personal dating pool. Yeah. I mean, we've all got, we've all got stories about that. I've got multiple stories about that. I'm sure, you know, you wow. do too.
0: Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's not a good look. It's not a good look for the instructor to be dating the, the students. But I mean, if, if it's something where it's like, okay, well, you know, they end up getting married and all that stuff, then, you know, you could say, Oh, you know, that worked out. But yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think what happens is like you're saying, you know, people do a bad job of trying to you know, get in this person's favor and thing goes, you know, they come off as a creep or, you know, let's say they do date, they were dating for a while and things were okay, but then now that relationship falls apart for whatever reasons, relationships right. don't always work out. And now you have two uncomfortable people at the gym, yep. you know, so like Uh, sometimes people leave because you have to go find another gym and what a pain in the ass that is. Right. Especially I've had that happen for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Really? Yeah.
1: I mean, when you, when you're dealing with such a large group of people, you're just like, shit's just going to happen. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. So people have, people have gotten together and then broken up and then, and then left, or maybe they came in together. We've had that too, where people come in as a couple and they start training and then they break up. And then like who gets claimed to the gym, you know, that's, or do you just continue to like try to train there at separate classes or even be on the mat together and just acknowledge that it's awkward and just deal with it? You know, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I think, um, I think the instructor is dating the students. I think that's, that's an easier thing to say. Like generally, like you shouldn't do that. It's a big world out there. You know, we've got the apps, I guess. I've heard of these apps, Tinder, i don't don't know i've never actually used one that was uh that came a little after me but um you know yeah you can you can meet people but yeah i i really do think it's the the organic for the student-to-student dating it's just like organic versus forced i think forced is the problem we've had a lot of people try to like let me get your snap or let me get your number like within a few hours of meeting you and that's you just This is not a recipe for success broadly, and it's just gonna make that interaction at the gym in a very intimate environment even weirder. So
0: it it will make it weirder. It'll make it uncomfortable, especially if it's you know, guy to a girl, like that's not Nah.
1: You gotta be patient, you know. You gotta be patient, just let things happen organically. You know.
0: I mean Um, you might find out that you don't like her and then you've made a mess of the gym, right? Yeah. Uh so or vice versa. One of the Topics I have here is learn the gym etiquette. Some places you bow, some places you don't, you know, all right. before and after the, after a roll, you tie your belt and learn the secret handshake. I want to make sure that I brought that up because yep. the secret handshake that the Carlson Gracie team yeah. shares, you don't do anymore. I find it very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, only, yeah, yeah. it's only creepy if you don't meet straight, you know, straight yeah if you go downwards then it gets creepy
1: yeah so for people who don't know it's um it's a hand. the the carlson gracie handshake is a fingers fully interlocked handshake where you're you're basically like holding hands with the person like like, (laughs) this way like in like a basket weaving type of way which is very, very awkward i was never a huge fan of it and and it's uh, it's confusing to new people, you know, they don't really understand, but I'm just not, I'm not really like a huge gym etiquette guy in the traditional sense with um, people, you know, come in from other places. They'll try to call me like professor and I'm just not, I don't really like that. Sensei, definitely not. Um, Just go by John most of the time. Some people call me coach and they seem to be comfortable doing that. And that's, and I'm, that's, that's, Fine. But then, and then bowing on and off the mat, it's, it's kind of like the vaccine thing. I don't really have strong feelings about it. either way. I just don't, reflexively, it's not that comfortable for me to do. So I just don't really do it. What else? I think like my mat etiquette things are maybe like prioritized a little different. For me, the one thing that I get very hyper vigilant about, especially when somebody else is teaching, like not necessarily when I'm teaching. But I'll be hyper-vigilant then too. is people talking or having their own like side conversations while instruction is happening. I think it's disrespectful to the instructor. I think it's disrespectful to everybody in the room who's trying to like learn what's what the instructor's teaching. It's been to the point where like one of the coaches is showing something, I'm I'm just a student in the room, and somebody's having a sidebar conversation way down the mat. Like I will interrupt the instruction to tell that person. To stop talking i'll say hey hey like he's teaching i'll make it weird i just anytime anytime i'm like a student in the room which is actually pretty frequent i think there should be absolute silence when another person is running the class not interjecting your two cents to the person next to you i mean and this is not like a martial arts thing this is just basic common courtesy if you were at a, a wedding and somebody was giving a speech and like Somebody was having a sidebar you'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Like this guy's giving, you know, this guy's talking right now. Yeah. You know, that, that, that drives me crazy.
0: Uh, what about the other kind of interrupt, like things that could interrupt the, the instruction, like people taking pictures or people doing the whole, I'm going to put this on Instagram kind of deal. They're going to record the, the session or whatever. Does that kind of stuff bother you?
1: Um, most people ask, which I appreciate most of like the instructional content we film ourselves. And then I'm definitely very wary of like newer students doing a lot of like social media posturing. Like if I see like new students setting up cameras to record their sparring, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, no, we're not doing that. You know, people bring in their phones on the mat. Occasionally, somebody has a reason to do it, like for emergency reasons. The instructors obviously have their phones on the mat to like control music. But yeah, phones on the mat, like filming stuff you know, to put like a Instagram highlight reels when you've been only to train for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I, I I don't endorse that
0: generally. So So, another note that I have on here, branded gear from another gym, let's say somebody got a key or something, someone else, it's a hand-me-down or whatever it is. They show up branded by another gym or they're wearing a t-shirt from another gym. Do you frown on that? Do you not care?
1: Yeah. Yeah. T-shirts and gear from other gyms, you have the right to wear whatever you want. Again, big personal freedoms guy, you know, you wear what you want. (laughs) Um, I I would even take that as far as like branded, branded geese from other gyms. It would just be my hope that after a while, you know, say, say you transfer from somewhere in, you know, Florida and you've got like an American top team gee, you know, Like, you know, I understand like you have an emotional connection to that team and that uniform and it might take you a little time to feel at home at my gym. And if you want to rock that for a while, that's fine. That's, that's, it's yours. You own it. You know, that's your piece of training gear. But like, also I would just hope that after a while, like you feel like you're part of our team enough where you would eventually want to you know, wear one of our uniforms. And like most of the time, that's just kind of how it goes. It's like eventually people like, hey, you know, I want to get a hurricane rash guard. Or hey, I want to get a patch. And then it, again, just organically over time, it just sort of resolves itself. That's, that's fine with me.
0: So, um, and one other thing, the lewd jokes, naughty jokes. Uh, yeah. Do you care? Do you not care? What's your opinion there?
1: It's tricky. Um, so my friends and I, within like our inner circle, God forbid anybody ever recorded our conversations, we would all be canceled many times over. I mean, (laughs) it's just, it's the most brutal, the most inappropriate. I mean, even just like my wife and I like have a very open dialogue. The stuff I say to her sometimes is just like, I got to check if there are cameras in the room first. You know what I mean? Like I got to make sure nobody's getting what I'm about to say to her right now. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of people saying like really fucked up stuff for comedic effect. you know, with obviously within the bounds of reason. Right. But at the, at the, yeah, at the gym, I mean, I have to be, I have to be professional and I have to consider a lot of different uh, types of people and personalities and sensitivities so I think a good rating for the gym is like like a PG-13. PG you know what I'm saying? Like that's, you know, you'll drop an f-bomb every now and then. You don't want to spam that too hard. Definitely try to keep sexual humor to a minimum because just of the like incredibly intimate nature of what we're doing, we've, we've got men and women mixed together at the school. We're getting between each other's legs. You know what I mean? And you don't want that, like, really edgy sexual joke that you just heard. You don't want that ringing in your ear when you're climbing into the person's closed guard. Like, you know, I get that. So you have to be you have to be kind of wise when it comes to that stuff. But also it's a gym, you know, and gyms are just sort of notor- notoriously more crude, especially combat sports gyms.
0: Yeah, I agree. PG-13. PG-13
1: like, I think PG-13 is a okay good way to go. Uh but like not like but like not like a 1990s PG-13. You know what I mean? Like dude, the mo- the movies back then, I, I I threw up some PG-13 movies for my kids from the 90s and I'm like, "Damn. I'm like, this is this would be a 100% rated R today. Something's changed. I don't know what it is." Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you look at the if you actually pay attention to the movie ratings from like the the 80s, like the mid to late 80s and the early 90s, Dude, those pg-13 movies had some heat on them
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean some of those movies won't make it today <laughs> they just wouldn't be made today some of those also movies. that yeah um okay so now i want to talk about some of the basic stuff that people should learn like we talked a lot about like you know common sense stuff or um, things that you should consider when you're rolling with other people being courteous uh or being cautious about how you Conduct yourself and your cleanliness and all that, but now I want to talk about some of the moves. Like white like a couple of white belts asked me this. I don't know what to do. Like I don't know I don't know where I should start. Where should I start? One of the things that was taught to me, I took a private with Pedro back in the day. One of the first things I did because I was so excited about jujitsu, but I knew that I was that I didn't have something. That something was missing and I wasn't I was just, you know, lapping around on the on the mats. And the best thing that he showed me was the immobilization clock. Sure, I thought that was super helpful. It taught me all the positions, and it taught me how to move between the positions. Is there anything like that that you would recommend to your students? What where should a student start? Sure, one slate has nothing.
1: So I can give you very clean answers on this one because it's not like some of the other things we've covered. Um, so. Maybe, maybe a few questions for you first. Let's assume you don't have an athletic or wrestling background when you come in. You know, assume you're just sort of your average guy. And let's also say that you're not significantly bigger or smaller than anybody else. Just also just average size guy. So you come into the gym and you're going to spar on your first day. Okay. How do you think that looks? Just go ahead and just, you know, let's um, just walk me through it. Okay.
0: What do I think it looks like? Yeah, I think I think it looks like you're going to end up on the bottom. You're going to get mounted, and uh, you might spend a lot of time just fighting people off. Because you know, even if you get on top, you're not going to last there very long, especially if the person's a blue belt and above.
1: You got it. That's perfect. Yeah, that's it. So if you are a, a new student and your first six weeks of instruction, if that's all on how to perform an arm lock from the mount or how to perform a rear naked choke from the back, you really have to consider how many times you're going to have opportunities to like use those movements, no matter how hard you've drilled them. Like how many opportunities are you going to get to arm lock someone from the mount um, if you're, if you're brand new? The answer is you are probably not going to have any opportunities to do it. So you're not going to be able to implement any of these things that you're drilling. You're going to be very frustrated you're not going to have any success. I think if you take a look at the the way that you laid out your first round of sparring, where you, you said you're going to get either taken down or put on the bottom, you're going to get mounted, right? So you're going to get taken down and put on the bottom. So I think one of the first things that you can teach people is like, look, here's where you're likely going to end up right off the rip. So it's probably going to be wise for you to understand how to just survive, and defend in that position. So guard retention and uh, and then also guard recomposition, just getting your guard back once you've lost it. I think that's a really good place to start with new students because then at minimum you're teaching them how to put up a few walls and how to defend those walls. I, I would say that's a very good place to start because then on their first day, they can start to immediately implement those concepts, even if they're not very successful, you know, they can have degrees of success in certain places. Um, unfortunately, like that's not what people want to learn. When they first come in, they want to learn how to how to do submissions. I want to do a submission. Yeah. You know, I want to get a guy in a triangle. Well, I mean, okay, good luck. Like that's that's gonna be really hard to do, yeah.
2: you
1: know? So I, w- I would say that's a really good place to start which is also why anytime we start our curriculum cycle over, that's where our curriculum cycle starts is in those positions. And I always try to put out a big PSA to tell people like, look, if you're thinking about starting Jiu-Jitsu, this is prime time. You're going to want to start like this week because we're going to run our curriculum cycle for like six months. And the next best time to start is going to be like six months from now. So that's kind of how we do it.
0: Are you close to starting that cycle over again?
1: I have to look. Um, it's usually like we usually go through it twice a year, so January to June would, would, would be a typical window. Um, but I have every I have the past three years written down every, what we've done for every, wow. every week. Really? Yeah. So oh yeah. So um, so I'm gonna have to look at that and see like if there are any holes in what we've hit or what we haven't. Um, but we have a we have a specific order of operations we go through. I've got everything written down. There's definitely like a plan and a flow to the whole thing. Um, but it's also always changing because jujitsu is always evolving. So we're trying to like constantly integrate, you know, like new little innovations and things. So, he, so 2021 doesn't look like 2022 or 2023 hmm. the way that it's written out. So.
0: That's really interesting. Cause uh, my former kickboxing instructor, one of the things that he would do was when he was, fighting professionally he would write out the whole day on these journals Mm -hmm. write the things that he practiced the things that he eat stuff like that and uh i find it really interesting that you also do something like that That you kind of keep a log of you know your training but also your lessons and stuff like that
1: so that's one of the areas of my life that technology has added a lot to because what i do is I take my, I've got like a little iPad with a uh, with a nice, really like nice stand on it that I can stand it up and look at it. When I go to like my main classes for the week, I'll I'll have it written out on the iPad like what I'm going to be doing. But then the nice thing is it's in my notes on my iPad. So if I want to figure out like when in 2022 did we cover butterfly stuff. I just need to go into the search function, and just type in butterfly, and it'll, every instance that we did butterfly stuff will pop up in my notes, and so I could look what when I taught it, I could look at specifically what I taught, how we warmed up for that unit, like the whole thing. It's really nice.
0: That's amazing. I mean, it, it's amazing that you do this, like that you that you tag it somehow so that you know that you have uh, like you've done butterfly, for example.
2: Yeah. Yeah
0: and and you can tell when you did it um i I think just not the technology part but the fact that you do this that you break down and you know you can tell when you've done this stuff i find that that's that's awesome dude
1: i think that like historically especially coming from like like a more relaxed like brazilian culture i think this this job has been looked at as people approach it casually like instruction casually like you, I mean, we've all been to classes where you roll up to the gym and the instructor sits down and like, well, "What do you, what do you guys want to work on?" You know, and you're just like, "Oh, come on, man! Like, you don't have a plan, you know? If you don't have a plan for the day, we well, you know you don't have one like for the week or the month or the year, mm-hmm. and that's not good. Um, so, I just think it's it is it's a harder job than people think it is, but it's also probably one of the coolest jobs in the world. And it's like, all right, well then, like, take it seriously. Like, really put some some energy into it. Do it right. Make it a real, actual, full time job. Where at any given point in the day, you could be improving something about the school or your ability, your skills, your instruction. But like, make it a full time thing for real. You know, be, be be a professional.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You you take it very seriously, and you and you're. Very much a professional and just like i was talking about my former instructor he took it very seriously he wrote everything down he he could look back on stuff and then because he was a professional Uh, i think that's probably just a a trademark or uh, something that professionals do right you have to write down so that you can quantify that data and and be like okay well this worked out this didn't work out etc so as far as like techniques you would. You said that you would, you would teach the kids or kids or the people, the uh, fence right from the bottom and the positions that they would most likely be in a lot. Are there positions or things that you do not advise white belts to do within their first thirty days? Are there things that they should just avoid? Because there, you know, there's plenty of shiny, cool new stuff coming out, right? You see that video, or you see somebody submit somebody really cool with a buggy choke or whatever uh, at UFC are, and we'll have you. And these people want to come in and they want to learn that stuff. What are the things that you say, okay, that's not good for you to learn right now?
1: Uh, I don't really have anything specific. It's just like, if you're going to start a drilling, if you're going to drill something, you need to be able to do it. You just need to be able to do it. That's it. Let's just stop right there. Like You need to be able to, actu- to actually drill whatever it is that you're trying to do well. And for some people, they're just not there yet. The next thing you need to be able to do after you've drilled it is you need to be able to implement it on somebody who is just marginally resisting you just a little bit. You know, they're just giving you a little bit of movement and they're making your job slightly more difficult. And then you just scale that up to sparring. So I I would just say that there's no single move that I would say don't do that on your first day. Even when it comes to like you know something perceived as dangerous like heel hooking or leg locks um, if i if i had to really narrow it down i would say there are certain there's there are certain feet to floor positions that i don't like people doing in the training room generally jump, uh, jumping closed guard it's a very low skill but very high risk like j- learning how to jump closed guard i could teach you how to do in about 2 minutes it's very low skill you don't need to, drill, need to drill it. You could just go to a competition and just do that. But it's also like a very dangerous, very wild thing to do. The flying scissor takedown, kind of sami is also something that is not allowed in the training room.
0: I believe it's also illegal in some tournaments, isn't it?
1: Some, not all. Yeah, uh, some, but not all. You can't do it in, in the, on the IBJJF circuit, but you could do it in, if you went to like NAGA. Or like, I think like grappling industries, like they'll, they'll like to do it. So no, I don't, I really don't have like a band technique list. Um, I would, I would steer people away from like certain ways of training maybe as opposed to, uh, like certain, like banning techniques.
0: Hmm. So like, what do you mean exactly? Some certain ways of training, Just training too hard or what, what, what are you exactly?
1: What I think, I think people need to have control over themselves, you know, um, you want you want to have control over yourself uh, so for example like say that you're say that you're passing say you have a new student and they're passing someone's open guard and like they do it in a way where their like elbows and their knees and their feet are f- just sort of flailing and they they shin their training partner in the head right that person didn't have control over themselves and if they did have control over themselves then that means that they meant to do that so those two, do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. like either you didn't have control over yourself and you shinned somebody in the head, or you did have control over yourself and you chose to shin somebody in the head. Now, obviously, I don't think the second one is true in most cases, people are trying to injure people, but yeah, it's okay to like try to win. It's okay to train hard, but you have to train hard in the context of having absolute control over what you're doing. And when you when you lose control and you hurt someone, like that's what I actually have a problem with.
0: The times I've got, I've gotten injured in jujitsu. I basically hurt myself. It's yeah. it's. It, there's a couple of situations where somebody else hurt me, but for the most part, like a lot of my injuries in jujitsu was me doing it to me. Uh, it's kind of hilarious because it's a martial art where you. I mean, martial arts, you're about hurting the other person, but a lot of the times when I do things poorly and I move poorly, it's because I, I did a bad job of moving myself. Um. Yeah. So I. I 100% agree with that in terms of like being careful. And- yeah, people get so people get so competitive that
1: they'll do something wild and do something desperate. When you're doing something wild, and you're doing something desperate. Like almost by definition, you don't have control over your body, but you're just you're just throwing out a lottery ticket trying to win. You're, it's a hail mary. You're saying, like, "Let me just try this." Like, don't don't do that. If you don't don't know what you're doing. And you don't know if it's going to work. It's it's no different than going like being at a striking gym and trying to like cartwheel kick somebody (laughs) just just because you are out of options. You know what I mean? Like you have no, you don't know how you're going to land. You don't know how that foot is going to land on the other person. Like you just don't have control over
0: yourself. Mm -hmm. You know? Would you recommend the white belt to pick his partners? Would you say hey? uh just roll with white belts or roll with blue belts or roll with whoever who do you what do you recommend for for that
1: i would say probably just train with everyone at, at first kind of but, but also like the people who've been there for a while are sort of going to like self-police that and that they're not like we're not going to have like brown belts going up to the guy who it's his like third day go hey man we want to get around like the, the, the room seems to separate yeah. In that way. Yeah, I just I generally just let people pick their own training partners. You know, I'm not I'm not super controlling that environment.
0: Okay. And so whoever they end up with, that's fine. Yeah. What do you recommend this person do? Like let's say for whatever reason either the teacher is busy, like he's rolling himself, or you know, uh, he's, you know, he's maybe he left or whatever and he's he's looking for answers and he starts asking other people do you recommend that do you care yeah
1: i think that's good i think i think um i think so there are things to avoid and there are things to embrace i think things to embrace would be during like an open mat or after a round sparring or after slightly after class or slightly before class exchange of ideas and exchange of information is very good that's a very good thing Where where I don't like to see it is if I just taught a guard pass a very specific way, and then I've got a purple belt modifying that for a blue belt in real time, like when when they're supposed to be drilling. Like I've I've seen guys do it. Like, you know, he showed it this way, but like, I like to use this grip. That is just not the appropriate time for that because I'm obviously showing it the way I showed it for a specific reason. Is your grip valid? I'm sure it is. I'm sure there's a time and a place for it. Uh, But like we're very thoughtful about the stuff that we teach, the order um, in which we teach it. So it's just not that. I don't like to see that. I'd like to see like sort of like an organic exchange of knowledge when there's not class structure happening, you know. But when there are instructionals happening when people are actually teaching, yeah, don't don't color outside the lines. And you'll see, you'll see me do that. If I come to like one of Travis's classes or Dan's classes, or Charles classes or Chris's classes, unless I'm prepping for a comp, I'm just doing what they show. And I'm not throwing my two cents in Mm -hmm. about like how I would do it different, you know? And I own the place. So like, that should probably say something.
0: Yeah. I think it's a little disrespectful. I mean, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's talk about rule sets. Uh, I know you threw that out there. I wanted to talk about that too, uh, especially for you know someone who wants to compete and they're new to jiu just in general. Yeah. I think one of the more com- confusing things are all the different rule sets like you mentioned. And, oh, first off, how are we doing on time? You got time?
2: Yeah, good.
0: Cool. Uh, like, I, I guess one of the things I want to is the fact that there's so many different tournaments, like you mentioned, and there's there's quite a there's a few different rule sets but I think one of the biggest problems at least for the beginner is the idea of advantages uh, there's some you know some of the things some of the basic point systems make sense right you know yeah you get uh, what is it two for takedown you know is it four for mount or is it three for mount four. Yep. and so etc right like all the, all those positionings all that that that's clear. I think the harder thing to understand is the, the advantages. Can you talk about it or just the point system?
1: Yeah. So uh, so advantages are going to be, it's, it's a scoring tally for movements that were almost successful. So that could be a submission that was really close. It could be a sweep that was really close. Take down was really close guard pass That was really close. Um, take that was really close you're going to get awarded a point or an advantage that's going to be totaled if there's a tie so if we tie in the real points say i take i take you down i get two points and then you sweep me and then you get two points scores two to two we're tied but if there are things that happen that were near movements um those get totaled as advantages. So you might be up two points, one advantage to me, two points, no advantages because you almost sweat me or you almost, you know, then you would win the match. Um, that's the basic idea.
0: How, do, how close do you have to be for that submission? For example, let's say you
1: promise that it's subjective in that way. So that is, that's at the referee's discretion. Um, there's definitely some, I, think, I believe there's some literature talking about how seriously the person has to mount a defense, you know. But like, I mean, I've seen guys just grab a foot, kind of pull on it a little bit. And if the foot gets straightened out a little, the person gets out of the footlock, you know, there's no way of telling how close it actually was because everybody's got a different tolerance in that joint, you know. But the ref might or might not award an advantage it's, it's subjective you know um, so that's that's maybe it's a little problem there's the subjectivity of it
0: yeah I can see how that can be uh, a little mysterious especially when when it's subjective right
1: yeah I mean I think I think in a way it's you almost yeah you almost don't want those like officially on the scoreboard you almost want the referee sort of like, privately tallying like okay this guy almost did this this guy almost did that and so they can make a more informed referee's decision you know after the match but there it's 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 tough i mean it's a it's it's difficult to converge on the perfect rule set we've talked about it before you know I, i don't um i don't know that i've got one um, but I could certainly tell you what's wrong with the ones that we have. You know, that's, that, that, that's for sure. It's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what the perfect rule set is though.
0: Would you, would you even recommend the uh, like a brand new white unless he's like 30 days in and he's like, okay, I want to go to a tournament. Would you say no?
1: Um, there are circumstances where I've said no, but I'm usually I'm usually pretty supportive of people wanting to compete early. Mm -hmm. Um, there are circumstances where I've said no, where somebody is there, they have too much excitement, but also like not enough discipline to actually train, you know, um, where they're, they're not ready from a skill standpoint, but they're also not ready from like discipline and like a work, work ethic standpoint. And I don't like people to just be able to sign up train a couple times but like, I was on Hurricane's competition team. Like that to me is, um, there's something like special or maybe not special, something like, yeah, I guess special about that to say, to like wear some of our competition team gear that we, we really only issue for competitors, you know, because you, you know, you decided that you wanted to tour the gym for a couple weeks and play around and, not really put your heart into it. Yeah. So I'll there are a few times I've hit the brakes on
0: people, but it's, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. I could see the people really wanting that shirt or that, that uh, rash guard that you were, was it a rash guard that you were giving away for a so while there? For We've
1: done, um we've done like comp team hoodies and we've done comp team t-shirts. Um, and uh, most of them I just give those away. I don't even sell them, you know, um, it's just like, it's just sort of like a gift to the, to the competitors. Um,
0: Can you fault wanting yeah. that. I mean, I'm not even at your school and I want one. I think they're pretty cool. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't have one.
0: <laughs> That's the way it should be.
1: Yeah. You can't have it. Yeah. It's good. I've got, I, I've got, so I'll tell you some stories about that generally offline. I don't want to um, put anybody on blast, but I got, I got a couple of good ones for you about, <laughs> about, uh, attempted acquisitions of, uh,
2: the,
0: uh, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> people, people getting. Uh, I can't. Okay, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's that's cool. I'll respect that. i will make sure nobody yeah. gets uh, embarrassed here or get you in trouble. But uh, but yeah, man, I could see I could see how you I like how you do that how how you do that because you talk about incentivizing, uh, you know, certain certain movements and competition. But I like how you incentivize, you know, uh, competing like special people. Yeah, who compete get this shirt or this rash guard or this patch or whatever it is, and you have to do this. And there's no, there's no way around it. Like if you you can't buy this shirt, you can't. I think it's awesome. I think that's really really cool.
1: Yeah, and, I, I, and also like if you don't want to do that and you don't want to get that shirt, like I'm not I'm not going to give you a hard time about it. You know that's okay. It's it's not for everyone. I mean that's pretty it's pretty clear that it's not for everyone.
0: Yeah yeah no there's a lot there's a lot of things there right i mean you need the time to train you need you need the discipline like you're saying there's there's a lot of moving parts to that all right man well i mean i've reached the end of my questions is there anything else you wanted to like uh talk about
1: no not really um i can't think of anything yeah i think we're good i think i think um yeah, you know, we can run this again, and I uh, I'll, I'll try. The one time I took some questions from the students, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, maybe
0: we'll run that again in a couple of weeks. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be. I could do a couple of weeks if you want to do that. in A couple of weeks, we so can okay. do. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks so much, John, for coming on. Uh, I know this is a little more rudimentary than we usually uh, talk about, but I thought it'd be interesting to kind of right. together the first thirty days for a white belt. It's good. Cool. All right, well, thanks so much, John, for coming on. Uh, this is Ergo the with my guest, uh, John Lawrence, uh, owner and operator of Jiu-Jitsu, or Hurricane Jiu-Jitsu. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with well, me? Girl, <laughs> Bumbling all over the place there. Uh, I, I haven't had enough coffee. Sure. Anyway, thanks so much. The music you're listening to is titled My Name by Swift. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, for those of you who do not know, Epidemic Sound provides royalty-free music for a license that you pay for monthly. So if you're a content creator like myself, you'll find the library of Epidemic Sound amazing. They have tons of music and really cool stuff. They have hip hop, they have reggaeton, they have something called Future Bass. I love it all. So if you decide you wanna go over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Now, if you're looking for exercise equipment, be it for your home gym or your commercial gym, make sure you check out Titan Fitness. They have great equipment for a reasonable price. I highly recommend Titan Fitness. I myself have the T2 rack. Uh, It's 71 inches tall and it fits perfectly in my gym. So I love them and I highly recommend them. So make sure you check them out. And when you do, make sure you click on that referral link in the description. So there you have it, man. I love having John on every single time I have him on. I learned so much and I hope you did too. And if you want to learn more from John or you want to look him up, make sure you go to his website, hurricanejj.com. But you can also follow him on Instagram under the name hurricane.jj. He's a great follow. He's always posting stuff and I dig it. But if that's not enough for you, make sure you check out his school out in Cleveland. It's a wonderful facility. He's got this dope mural on the wall. He's got these nice mats. It's a huge space really, really nice. I highly recommend it. I went there. I think it's so cool. If you're digging this, make sure you check out our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. Also, if you want to follow me, Edgar Otra Vez, on Instagram, the name is Edgar Otra Vez, all one word. Or you can follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And if you like this episode, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thanks so much for listening. This is Edgar Otra Vez. Behave yourselves. Laters.